stops out along the Eckington Strait. Sacco had slipped a khaki jacket on top of his tweed, a jacket with a belt made of links of leather. Martha, leaning forward, gripped the bike with her knees, hung on to Sacco with one arm around his waist and one hand holding the leather-linked belt. What a man! What a bike! And those eyes of his, she thought. Oh, if this pillion was meant for me only. Sacco, for me only. By the little stone bridge, over Karen's brook, a one-acre meadow was almost wedged between the two hams, water meadows. Here, the unlopped withydrees leaned top-heavy over the water. The winter's flood had stanked or dammed the brook, forming little islands of brushwood, mud and stones. Sacco and Martha left the motorbike by the field gate. Sacco turned the water tap off the carbide in the headlamp, blowing out the light. Going hand in hand towards the brook, the couple disturbed the moorhens sitting on their eggs, nesting on the islands made by the flood. The moorhens' cry made Martha hold Sacco's hand that much tighter. Sacco instinctively laid his khaki coat under the trees, and soon they were in each other's arms under the stars, his coat their bed, undisturbed apart from the labouring goods train on the nearby railroad. "'Yield not to temptation,' the Sunday preacher had said. But somehow, whether it was Martha's chestnut hair or Sacco's jockey club, nature took its course, much in the same way as it had with the neighbouring moorhens earlier in the spring.' "'I must be in by ten, Martha said, as she gave Sacco one last hug by the gate. "'Farmer Donald, tell our mother, so start up the bike, please, Sacco!' Sacco first turned the water tap until the carbide produced a gas in the burner of his motorbike lamp, then gave it a light from the old England's glory and promised they would be away. The noise of his motorbike broke the evening stillness, until, near Farmer Dunn's house, Sacco shut down the throttle, the bike just purring up to the gate. "'Good night, Martha. No doubt we'll meet in the choir on Sunday. Then we might go for another spin on the Norton.' "'Nice, Sacco. I like that,' Farmer Dunn's maid replied. In the morning, Farmer Dunn shouted up the bare back stairs where the elm boards creak as the feet of farming folk had trodden them for three hundred years. "'Martha, have you seen Harry with the horses yet?' "'No, sir. He bain't here yet,' Martha replied, rubbing her tired eyes. Dressing in her chill bedroom, she was still dreaming of Sacco. "'Sacco,' she thought. "'He'll be on the scaffold planks, restoring the abbey. "'His boss has put him with the stonemasons.' but we will meet at choir practice. Mr. Dunn had put a match to the sticks in the oven grate. As the blue smoke curled up the chimney, it was a sign to the workers that his iron kettle swung on the pothook, and he would soon be walking breached and gaitered around the cattle yards. As Martha creaked the elm boards down to the kitchen, standing hair-curled and sleepy-eyed in front of the singing kettle, Kate Dunn came in from the dairy. 
She eyed Martha, remarking, "'You were late last night? Sacco, wasn't it?' Uh, "'Yes, ma'am. I was on his motorbike.' "'Now, Martha, everyone likes Sacco, but don't let him make a fool of you.' "'No, ma'am,' she said. "'But he's a nice chap.' Then in the distance they heard the clip-clop of Harry's halted team. Harry whistled at the dawn chorus. A starling mocked him. One or two sparks flew from the shoes of Violet, the broodmare, as she stumbled gingerly over the Clee Hill stones down the lane. His dog, Ruff, followed him, working the hedges for rabbits. A morning scramble through the tracks in the briar as Harry led the team. George Blizzard, ash plant in hand, swayed morning dazed up the lane. George, who had not helped build the chapel wall,